What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1224 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today, we're speaking with Tony Weiss. Tony is over in Germany, and he is a screenwriter, and he helps other people screenwrite too. In fact, during this call, I discovered that his screenplay manuscript was just accepted and is going to be turned into something. And that is like amazing. That's so cool. You'll hear a little bit of interest from me in this world as well here in this particular episode. However, our goal is to help Tony because he's got an idea to help other screenwriters, but he's got a limited amount of time. I mean, he's going to help direct and produce this thing, but he also wants to, and is already actually almost done filming and editing a course. So what's this course going to look like? How is he going to get it in front of people? What mechanisms can he use to do that? Because he doesn't have necessarily an audience to do it. So does he have to build an audience first? What content platforms should he be using? What social media platforms, if any, should he be using? Well, we're going to discuss all those things today with Tony. You can find him at TonyWeiss.at. That's T-O-N-I-W-E-I-S-S dot A-T. And I'm on the page right now. It's like Story Inc., Authentic Storytelling Since 1966. Check it out, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Tony. Tony, welcome to Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hello there. Glad to be here. I'm excited to learn a little bit about you. I know that you listen to the show. I know you listen to Smart Passive Income as well. And, and now here you are on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. My name is Tony Weiss. And originally, I am a director and screenwriter. I've do, been doing this for 30 years now. You can see it a little bit in the hair loss and the gray beard. <laughs> I've been quite successful with that. Uh, recently, I started to concentrate on just writing feature films while still directing and working a lot. In the last few years, I've started doing more and more story coaching and story consulting. I've done that for big brands, but I've also, of course, done it with other screenwriters. And I have developed a system for screenwriting, you know, because as, as a director, I, I'm used to working with tools, not rules. I'm, directors tend to be very impatient. They want things that work and work under, under duress. And so I kind of filtered out a lot of stuff that uh, isn't helpful when you're actually sitting down and writing. And that's been my passion for the last few years. And I've developed kind of a, a system of how to, to write screenplays that is swift and actionable and actually, actually works. Incredible. At one point in my life, I had once considered going down that route of writing movies. And it's still in the back of my head. Maybe when I retire, it'll be like the next adventure for me. And we'll have to chat, Tony, because it's just fascinating to me what movies and stories can do to transport people. I mean, I tell stories on the podcast, as you know, and uh, I, you know, I have videos on YouTube that tell micro mini stories here and there, but to do a full feature film would be incredible. Where can people go to find out more in case they're curious about how you do what you do and, and where? Well, the thing that we're going to talk about today can be found at story-academy.net. That's going to be my platform for all types of uh, courses and uh, storytelling. And we're going to start out with, uh, with a screenwriting course. But I think I've already have an idea for people who want to write a novel and self-publish that. That's going to be probably the next course and a lot of other courses. So that's where you could 
could find me. And you can always find my director's portfolio if you are so inclined and want to watch some strange European commercials. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll link to all those things in the show notes for everybody. But may I selfishly ask you one question before I ask you more about your business? For somebody like me who was at one point and maybe in the future will be curious about screenwriting again, what is the the number one tip you have for somebody getting into that space to you know do well with it? I think contrary to what I will be talking about a lot, you know, which is that I've created a system, is start with trusting your instincts because all of us have seen around two to three thousand stories in film form by the time we reach that age. Yeah. And we are much more story-wise than we would know. And then I would actually recommend reading at least 10 very, very good screenplays. Because screenplays have, you know, screenwriters are so eager to, to get under your skin, to sell this movie in your head. Because when, when you get a screenplay, it's not a finished film. It's, it's, it has to be cinema of the imagination. Yeah. Right, right. And in very good screenplays have a tendency to seep under your skin and make you recognize how they do it if you read them with this in mind. So I would recommend starting there. And then, of course, I would recommend actually, actually really learning a system that that works for you. Yeah. And I can always hook you up with the course, you know, it's going to be there. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Thank you. I'd, I'd love to eventually check it out. And I think that's great advice. I think that applies across all aspects of life and things that we're learning. It's like you need a system, you need somebody who's done it before you to walk you through a process. But at the same time, you also have to trust your instincts. And I love what you said about the fact that we've all have had story in our lives in one, one way, shape, or form. I mean, thousands of them. We love stories for very specific reasons. You know, somebody, I think it was a German poet once said, if we want something to be in a container that uh, other generations can savor, we don't put it in numbers and spreadsheets. We put it in stories. Yeah, that's right. And that's what I, I strongly believe in. I, of course, I view the world through stories. It's a terrific sense-making device. If, if you look at stories like that yeah? and the, the, the stories that we love, we love them for a reason. Yeah. That's always a good place to start. You know? I love that. So Tony, what's your story right now? Where are you in your business and where can I best help you? Well, I hope that we're not treading over, over, over ground that you've covered so, so many times already, but uh, I'm kind of not in the beginning, but in the last stages of my beginning, I'm currently shooting the story course. So by the time this podcast is out, the course should be online and should be edited. You know, that, that is a beast to work. I'm, I'm in the middle of all, you know, preparing all of the, the launch pages and preparing the website and the copy is still obnoxious and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm also, I've done um, my due diligence with thinking about my audience, uh, doing test workshops to get to know them better. You know, I did live webinars. I realized that uh, a certain type of screenwriter is actually not my audience, but I realized that another type of person is my audience. That's great. I'm much more sure-footed. For sure, I will be, you know, th there will be a bloody nose down the road because <laughs> there, there will be some mistake that I've made or some assumption that doesn't turn out right. But I was feeling the ground moving under, under myself when I realized that creating a course isn't kind of like a, a singular business model. Like I've done two courses on the SPI platform, yeah? And I assumed, well, that's how you do it. You create a course, you find a course platform, you link it up or you host it on your own website and, and, and there you are, yeah? 
And then, of course, the more you start doing your course, looking at YouTube videos, the more you get bombarded by people who are also selling knowledge about courses. And I realized that there is a whole slew of different business models around producing and marketing and selling a course. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like in, in Germany, if, if you watch German YouTube videos, you will be bombarded by these young guys standing in front of Lamborghinis, waving 1,000 euro packages. Yeah, that's not just there. It's, that's kind of all over. Probably all <laughs> over the world. Yeah. And for Giggles, I attended one of these uh, webinars that they use, of course, as, as the top of their sales funnels. Yeah. And I started realizing that, you know, there are all kinds of different ways to sell and to market an, an online course. And I started to doubt myself a little bit because I thought, well, what is right for me? Because when you look at some of these models, like, like what they call high ticket models, they're very involved. They, they have daily Facebook groups and touchdowns and a lot of structure around them to sell courses that the individual ticket is around 5,000 euros. You know, Then you have th- people who are just putting courses on Skillshare and done with it. You know, uh, There's a vast middle. And I was thinking, well, where exactly do I fit, especially because I'm not planning on just single-mindedly leaving everything behind in my life. I still want to direct. I still want to write scripts. Like uh, uh, today, you're you're getting me at a point where I've just had an email from a producer say, well, the studio agreed to development funding on your on your horror film script. So you find wow. me very, very in a celebratory mood, you know? Congratulations. That's also, you know, that's what will take up some time. On the other hand, I right. really want to create this course. I, I want to work for it. I want to create uh, a service for the people who, who join the course to really be useful for them. So I'm kind of on, on the edge of, you know, what would be a good business case for me? What does success with this course look like to you? It's a good question. I think success with this course for me would look like that I would actively interact with people in this course something like uh, three or four times a year, you know, like every quarter. Okay. Because a quarter is around the time that you're supposed to be in a professional world. You're supposed to deliver a draft of a screenplay in three months. So the course is kind of designed for people who are already aware of that or will be made aware of that through the course. So that neatly divides the year into quarters. I have realized through the test workshops that um, people want the interaction, you know, like what we're doing on this podcast is very elemental for people, even in a, in, in a course that they are things that they don't understand. They are things that, that they are blocked with. So, that's what would be nice, you know, if I could kind of repeat this course four times a year, have some interaction with it. And in the first year, I'm thinking of making in euros probably per per launch. I would estimate something between 15 and 20,000 euros. Yeah. I don't know how fast courses scale. It's my first rodeo out there. I, I, I don't know. But that would be nice. And it would be nice by the end of the year to have helped at least something like at least 50 people and and know that there are 40 to 50 more completed screenplays out there than than were in the year before. Yeah, great. Thank you for that. I think that that's really helpful. You know, based on that, 
I can imagine that if you were to launch this and it was just completely out of your hands, it was mostly just automated, it was maybe even it was selling, but you never really had a chance to interact. It was more like those courses on Skillshare, right? Where it's just kind of there that it actually wouldn't be fulfilling even if people went through it because you would know that they would need that interaction. You would know that you personally would be fulfilled by actually following the process of some of your students. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's, not, it's nice of you to to ask it like that because that makes me think, you know, it's, it's amazing the blind spots you can have when you... When you're oh, completely. <laughs> It's just like it's just like when you when you teach screenwriting, there's a beginner and it's something so obvious to you is <laughs> your version of what would make you happy is it's a really nice question. Yeah, exactly. And and we can get rid of the Skillshare option, right? Like that's out of your brain. That's not even gonna be a possibility. So now it's it's clear. Let's go on the other side. Let's talk about these lamb bros, as we call them in the US, the lamb bros. Okay, high ticket items, whether it's a, a genuine high ticket offer or not, or just kind of flashlight kind of flashy, you know, at the higher end offer at the five, $10,000 range. I mean, we're talking mentorship. We're talking, you know, the idea of being on call even, which if it sounds like this screenplay that you're working on has just been accepted, you're just not going to have time for that, right? Like you, you wouldn't take a call in the middle of a set and like answer their question because that's just not what you have time for. So you know, we can get rid of that extreme and you won't be charging tens of thousands of dollars because at that level, that's the kind of commitment that would be required of an instructor. So now we're in this, like you said, vast sort of center where there's a wide range of things going on. And so I love that you also brought in some numbers and the fact that you already know that you're gonna kind of launch this quarterly because that does play with the idea of you sort of following people along, not like in the mentorship situation, but kind of, where you can once a week or once every other week check in on a person's progress at your own time. Hey, everybody, on Thursday at this time, we're all gonna meet in between, consume the information that's in the course. It's already there for you. Next week when we meet, we're gonna talk about you know module two, lesson one, and come together with the work that you've done on, on act one, or I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? like. You're taking people through what is called, and this is maybe where you can do a little bit more research, a cohort-based online course. And these are becoming very popular because not just as a creator, it's a way for you to have more touch points with your students and ensure their success. It's a way for you to be able to charge more because there are more touch points with you versus just the let them go and see what happens. But from a user slash student point of view, it is the best kind of learning because it feels like a classroom and it feels like there is somebody there to support you along the way. And it does come with more value just inherently of the nature of that. The cool thing about this as well, as far as like selling this thing is, you know, I have a good friend, his name is Ali Abdal. He's a YouTuber. He sells part-time YouTuber Academy, PYTA. And he promotes it, I think once per quarter. And so every quarter he says, hey, you know, starting on this date, we're all gonna go through this together and you're gonna learn how to do, in his case, create a YouTube channel. In your case, it would be write a screenplay in three months, right? Maybe that's actually the hook. Maybe that's the, you know, the subtitle. On a certain date, people have the chance to enroll with you. And then at a specific date, the coursework starts and everybody's going through it together. And the cool thing about that is now it sort of feels like a class, a class, like a freshman class that then graduates and they can all be there. The cool thing about the cohort thing too is you can have learning set up even without you there. 
you can set up times for those students to meet each other. So you can be on set doing your thing. And then you know that maybe somebody on your team or uh, you know some leader inside of a group is bringing four or five people together at a time to be learning from each other, sharing their work, and now they're held accountable through each other. Am I right in terms of like the way the course would be structured and how you imagine it to like work? Yeah, that's the working theory right now that seems to me like the best of, of all worlds for me. I, I wanted to ask you something in that it's not just a course that consists of live interactions with people. It still has pre-recorded videos. I think Ali does live, like, hey, live on Monday, I'm gonna teach this. And then on Thursday, you're, you work with the group or something. So if the live component is actually replaced by pre-recorded, which you've already done that hard work up front, that's potentially even better. Because you can say, hey, everybody, beginning of the week, module one is now open. You have until Thursday to watch it. You can watch it today. You can watch it Tuesday, Wednesday. It doesn't matter. But when we come together on Thursday, make sure you watch that because I'm going to answer questions about it and I'm going to walk you through some other stuff and show you how I do it too. So this is what we did with our podcasting course. We have a digital podcasting course. It is $699, Power Up Podcasting. However, we at times during the year run a boot camp version of it. So we charge two to three times more, but we have a cohort go through, but we don't teach because that content is already there. It's there in the digital course, they get access to it, but they also get access to me and my team on certain days of the week for six weeks until at the end, it's all done. So you've actually saved yourself even more time by pre-recording the lessons, they're there, everybody's watching the same thing. And the beauty of this is over time, you can have the cohort-based version at a certain price point, and you can have the DIY version without the interaction for those who perhaps want to get access to you but just can't afford it. You know, they can kind of play with each other, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. well, that is a really good idea, that they might co yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And now there's real value and price that comes with, because I get a chance to talk to you, Tony, and... I think you had said you'd wanted to generate like $20,000 perhaps in your first year, right? Yeah, that's a working hypothesis. I don't know. Yeah, yeah just ballpark. So let's say, let's break that down into quarters. That's $5,000 per launch, right? One quarter, $5,000. If you were to charge $500 for this experience, you would only need 10 people in order to get there. Well, I was thinking actually, because I'm, uh, I was just attending a similar workshop but in a different space. And I, I could see that uh, the lady giving the workshop, she was able to, she charged around 2000 uh, euros and she got eight people to sign up. So she she was around $16,000. Uh, and I thought, well, that would be, you know, you know how directors are, we are ambitious, you know, that would be something to aim for, you know, that because I know that the course is, is worth a lot. I know that it can make a, a difference. You know, a screenplay sells for anything between on a low level, you know, not the Hollywood sales that you hear about that are multi-million dollar deals. But if you sell a screenplay, you are selling something that you've produced in three months and is worth around 100,000 to 200,000 euros. Yeah, so there's clear ROI and you should be charging more than 500. Like that was where I was going to go. Like it would be a disservice and actually it would look cheap. It would look like it wasn't valuable if you only charged 500. 
So let's say you did charge 2000, right? I think that at the level at which you are going to be taking people through this process, there's an online course that they get access to, there is you that they get access to, and they get access to each other, and there's an inherent ROI potentially available from this as well. So let's just say it's $2,000. Well, now you only need 10 people to go through the entire year, which is very, very likely and very doable. You could do a couple things. You can keep it at that, so you're only working with a few people at a time every quarter, and that way there's less of you perhaps required to answer questions and you can do the other things you want to do, so you can keep those numbers small. Or you can set a number like, you know, I wanna help 10 people every cohort, but it's $20,000 I'm making every quarter now, right? So I think we need to set that bar a little higher in terms of revenue goal because it seems like you also wanna help a good number of people too. And maybe the first time you do it in the first quarter, there's a lot of people maybe on the fence, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work or not, so maybe I'll wait till round two to see how the round one people do. And then during round one, not only are you helping people, but you, knowing the power of story, collect their stories. Here's the story of Jim who purchased and he didn't know what he was doing and look, he just sold his screenplay. Now everybody who was on the fence is gonna go, oh my gosh this actually works, I want it now. And that's kind of the, how you can do it. So I see big things in your future, Tony, and I hope that this conversation at least readjusts the goals and the how-to and kind of how this will be structured too. And you've already put in most of the hard work up front to get the course going. I mean, it's almost finished editing, which is a beast, like you said, but that's gonna be a, an amazing asset for you to use in conjunction with the in-person things that you do or Zoom related things you do while still having the time to do your directing and your main your main work. I think that makes makes things clear. If you look at me, I, I, I'm on the verge of being a boomer. I'm actually a boomer's child, of course. And I was wondering about promoting all of this, you know, because you have kind of with the podcast, you have an organic audience. Ali Abdal is a person who's relentlessly uh, present on, on YouTube, yeah? Had no problem recording himself. I have this background of, uh, you know, when I started out, there was no internet and there was no YouTube. And uh, I, I'm used to promoting myself as a professional in a business to business kind of sense. Yeah. I'm a bit wary with uh, social media and with the constant self promotion. It, it's not easy. I think you are doing a great job, you know, in, in keeping things professional. Thank you. I was just wondering for a person like me who's not prone to be an influencer, uh, uh, at least in the beginning, maybe I'll become that, you know, how would you build an audience? Would you include social media? Would you, I'm thinking, for example, this podcast that you're doing is, would actually be a great format for me to do because I would be interested to solve a story problem for 20 minutes and then turn it into a podcast. Is, is there any feeling that you would have for, for somebody like me who's just, you know, not prone to snapping selfies and uh, dancing on TikTok and, and going on Instagram all the time. <laughs> First of all, you don't need a huge audience in order to succeed. You just need the right people to know you exist. A podcast is a great platform for storytelling. And I think that if you can showcase that, not only that, it provides a nice place for you to showcase the students of yours to tell their story, oh, yeah. which then in turn, you know, sells your thing. So you could create some easy podcast that comes out once a week, even twice a month that showcases a screenwriter's success story or tips or, or something like that, which of course you can then mention, hey, we have a cohort coming up. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Go here to sign up. And the cool thing about that is people will hear your voice. They get to know what it's like to learn from you asynchronously. 
and now they have a chance to learn synchronously with you. So that's that's one method. If you were to do a particular content platform, I would choose podcasting if I were you. And it's just really fun and you get to meet a lot of people. You get to connect with your colleagues and just instead of chatting over coffee, you're chatting over coffee with a microphone between you and you can capture that because I'm sure those conversations are happening anyway. Number two, you had said that, first of all, how did you get your workshop attendees to show up? Like, where did they come from? Three different ways. I collected over the course of the year when I was giving workshops, live workshops, like in-person workshops at uh, people's companies or, or at people's workplaces. I collected addresses of people who were interested because I always announced that I would do it. I put out the message on LinkedIn, which curiously enough worked. LinkedIn is a good and uh, there is a, a screenwriter I follow on Twitter who was really nice enough because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in the middle of Europe, not exactly the entertainment capital of the world, although, <laughs> although good storytelling was actually invented here, believe it or not. And she was nice enough to share my workshop announcement. And so I could have a first taste of an international audience, which for me is, is very important that I just don't just do it for a German-speaking audience, but do it for an English-speaking audience. So that last thing there is what I was going to say. Use your existing connections to see how you can provide value to their people. You had mentioned this person who was able to bring people into your workshop. There's no reason why that person and other people like them can't bring people into your cohorts. And the cool thing is, and you know this if you've heard SPI, which you have, you can partner with them and say, hey, for every person you bring in, I'll pay you $200, 10%. I mean, that's going to be a great way for them to get rewarded for doing that and, you know, you getting the right people. So if that's the case, you don't even need a podcast to be able to do that. You could probably fill in at least your first couple cohorts in, in that in that way. And if you have B2B experience already, then that's something that's going to be pretty simple for you to do. Okay. Well, that's a good idea. It's really nice. Yeah. So it pro probably seems pretty obvious to you. It's... It's enlightened. And of course, I could puzzle it together uh, after listening to so many episodes of your podcast. But it's, it's, it's nice when, when it comes together, when, when you just put it kind of together as a picture. Exactly. I mean, this is the benefit of direct. This is the benefit that your students will have when they work directly with you. So keep that in mind, too. So, Tony, this has been amazing. Thank you again so much for coming on and sharing and just best of luck to you. And congratulations on the script that you had just written getting picked up and uh, here's to many more thank you very much i'm gonna go immediately and celebrate it's evening now here so thank awesome you. tony and thanks thank for you. having me that was a really great experience thank a lot this has been really really helpful my pleasure all right i hope you enjoyed that conversation and call with tony that was absolutely amazing you can find him again at tonyweiss.at that's t-o-n-i-w-e-i-s-s dot a-t story inc authentic storytelling since 19 66. And congrats again, Tony. Looking forward to more conversations with you. And hopefully I can have some time in the future to chat with you about, who knows, a screenplay in the future. And maybe it'll be one day turned into a future film. That would be amazing. And I'd love to have you involved in that. Anyway, um, you know what's really cool? We talked a lot about storytelling today and how important that is. I cannot emphasize that enough. And here's a story. Some of you have been leaving reviews for the show and I am so, so grateful. I smile when I read them. That's a quick story. It doesn't really have like the arc that you want, 
when you tell stories, but that is my way to connect the fact that I'm just so appreciative of all of you here who have spent the time to leave reviews for Ask Pat. It just makes me so, so happy. And I look forward to serving you in the next episode. And even if you don't leave a review, because maybe you're on a walk and you just don't have the ability to do that, or you're in the plane right now and you don't even have internet connection, or you do, but it's really slow because it's still slow on planes, or you just don't have the inkling or want to do that. That's okay. The fact that you're here listening right now is enough. And if you happen to have a chance to leave a review for the show, that would mean the world, but you don't have to. I appreciate you anyway. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I appreciate you. And make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. We got a lot of great episodes coming your way, so don't miss out. Hit subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one. Cheers, peace out, and as always, Team Flynn for the win. Woo! Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.